Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, August 18th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James reunited and it feels so good. Oh, I know. Been away for so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like three days, but yeah, you've seen some uh, you've seen some shows, one off Broadway show and one. I guess I mean, it's a it's a Broadway show. It's not a play, though. You saw Parallelogram with Celia Keenan-Bolger and Anita Gillette. And you saw uh, Michael Moore's Terms of My Endearment, along with special guest, the librarian. Um, so I'm sure you will be talking about those on this week on Broadway. Anything else that we need to look forward to uh, on Sunday's broadcast? Uh, wow. Um we, you know, Michael and Peter are back uh, again this week, and we have some pending interviews that still haven't okay. confirmed. So I think that maybe later today we'll lock them in. If not, we'll just chat about our uh, theater week. Awesome. Always exciting. All right. So talking about, uh, talking about theater, Michael Riedel exits <laughs> Theater Talk after 25 years. Yeah, James, earlier this week, we reported over at Broadway World that New York Post and longtime Theater Talk co-host Michael Riedel will no longer be appearing on the CUNY-produced TV show Theater Talk. I think it's also broadcast on various New York uh, different stations. Uh, the show's executive producer and co-host Susan Haskins will continue on with a rotating stable of guest hosts until a full-time replacement is named in the fall, kind of like Kelly Ripa does every time one of her co-hosts quits on her. Uh, no word... <laughs> No word is, uh, on who has initiated this split is out there, but Riedel is putting a positive spin on it, saying, quote, I did theater talk for 25 years. I ran longer than cats. Susan's going on with the show. She was instrumental in putting it together, and I wish her the best of luck with it. Not the warmest statement in the world, um, but <laughs> Rita will now be dedicating more time to his column, which is good because it needs it right now. And his uh, radio show, and I guess it's a podcast, James, too, called On the Town. Apparently that uh, runs on a local New York radio station on Saturdays. Uh, James, I, I, I occasionally get outdated episodes of theater talk on random cable channels i'll see them pop up here in florida so i admit that most of the theater talk viewing that i've done has been online uh, but i imagine that this is a somewhat bigger deal to theater fans in and around new york city uh you know i i guess it 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 uh we have to wait and see what's going to happen here with uh, with theater talk in general i think a lot of people watch it because of michael riedel and um, yeah. we'll, have, we'll have to see. I, I've never understood the whole television thing. In fact, uh, it, it's bleeding into the podcasting world these days. Malcolm Gladwell has got a very popular podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. And yesterday he Revisionist said, history. Yeah, revisionist history. And yesterday uh, an episode came out and he said, well, this is the last one for this season. I'm like... Broadway Radio, we don't do seasons. We just get up every day oh, and do a damn podcast. You maybe know? we should, though. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we um, should have seasons. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speak, continuing to talk about uh, Michael Riedel, last night he posted a column that honestly had one of the most – the oddest, most disingenuous leads I've ever I've heard in a long time. The third sentence of this article, which was talking about Amy Schumer's sizable box office power since the announcement of Meteor Shower. The third sentence reads, quote, can Amy Schumer sing? Can she dance? Who knows? Who cares? 
James, what's odd about that is that Meteor Shower is a straight play. It's not a musical. So literally, who cares if she can sing or dance? It has nothing to do with her Broadway debut coming up later this fall, unless, you know, Steve Martin decided to throw in some banjo music in this one. I don't really know. Um, anyway, Riedel reports that in just its first two days of selling tickets, Meteor Shower built in advance of over $1 million, with trends pointing to a $4 million advance by the time the show opens on November 29th. The show, obviously, as we know, co-stars Laura Benanti, Keegan-Michael Key, and Alan Tudyk. Riedel also throws out the rumor that Broadway alum and big-screen Kylo Ren, Adam Driver, is throwing his hat into the ring to replace Jake Gyllenhaal in the delayed production of Lanford Wilson's Burn This at the Hudson Theater. That show was originally announced to open the Hudson, but was swapped out in order to accommodate this past spring's revival of Sunday in the Park with George, but the theater owners, the Ambassador Theater Group, always said that Burn This was just postponed, not canceled. Obviously, they didn't say that Jill and Hall would be continuing with it necessarily, but I'm sure that they'd originally hoped that despite his busy shooting schedule. Riedel doesn't say whether or not there are current discussions going on between the producers and driver, but given his stage chops and his growing popularity from the TV show Girls and his performance as the black sheep of the Solo family in the Star Wars universe – Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, mm-hmm. This could be a good match, and probably he could sell some tickets as well. Wow, that's a whole lot of information packed into just that short little spot there. Um, the Amy Schumer thing, can she sing, can she dance? Uh, <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned, maybe he's giving us some insight here, but the Michael Moore show last night, can he sing, can he dance? He needed both of those things in the show. Oh. So, uh, uh a very interesting ending to the Michael Moore show last night. Uh, back on a- Amy Schumer um, pulling in, uh, pulling in that that box office there. That's great. And and as you read the cast of reminding us who's in Media Shower, I was thinking Laura Benanti. Maybe she could do theater talk. <laughs> she would, oh my god, she would be hilarious. Would that be oh, so good. That that, oh, so that good. could you know because theater talk, as you mentioned. Uh, I think more people, like, probably 10 times more people see Theater Talk on YouTube than see it in, on an actual over-the-air broadcast. Uh, can you hmm. imagine what Laura Benanti would do with uh, a Theater Talk YouTube channel? Oh, so good. <laughs> can you imagine her trying to explain all the shows in depth more than just uh, what she normally does every spring? <laughs> all right. And burn this. I would have lost a million dollars if I had bet. I never thought that they were going to come back and do this, but really, yeah. Mm-hmm. I well, you know, I guess it really depends upon Jake. So um, uh, nobody wants to burn Jake. <laughs> no. All right. So out of town news: uh, stars and critics descend on Hamilton as it opens in Los Angeles. Yeah, James, I, I don't know if you've heard or not, but Hamilton opened at the Hollywood Pantages Theater earlier yeah. this week. And literally, the radar. yeah, no, no press coverage at all. Um, literally everyone in the world was there. My Instagram feed, James, really follows two divergent sets of people that overlap occasionally. The first is New York theater folks and the other are Hollywood TV and movie folks. Every single Hollywood person that I follow was at the Pantages on Wednesday night. Here's some of the stars. I don't follow all of these people on Instagram, but Halle Berry, 
Sean Combs, Jessica Alba, Shonda Rhimes, J.J. Abrams, Jimmy Kimmel, America Ferreira, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Josh Groban, Josh Gad, Megan Hilty, Sterling K. Brown, Ian Armitage, and many, many more. Um, it was honestly the most star-studded event that I've ever followed on social media outside of the Oscars. It was crazy to see all those people there. I'm not going to bore you with the reviews of the show. They were great. Shocking. Um, but I will have a link uh, to a review roundup in the show notes if you want to read all of them. Also, speaking of stars, Lynn and David Diggs joined the Ham for Ham earlier this week and greeted this huge crowd outside the Pantages. The Ham for Ham was actually members of the uh, the tour cast in, in Los Angeles doing a big California-themed mashup. Everything from Snoop Dogg to Katy Perry to the Mamas and the Papas. There was everything in there. So we'll have a link to that, too. But I, I think Hamilton's going to do okay out in Los Angeles, James, through the end of this year. Oh, thank God. I was so nervous for them. Speaking of something else that's probably going to do really well, um, yesterday Entertainment Weekly shared the first looks at some of the costumes from Frozen ahead of the first preview performance, which happened last night. We got to finally see Patty Murin, Casey Levy, uh, Jelani Aladdin, and John Riddle in the costume as Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Hans. James, we'll get reviews at some point during the Denver run of Frozen. I, I don't know exactly when the press night is, but the word from the first preview last night, since we are recording on Friday morning, uh, and the invited dress from Wednesday night has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, I don't know if I expected that because I figured there were so many people that loved the film that they would have some issues with the changes that were made and songs added and stuff rearranged. But that's really exciting. It seems like Disney has done this one right following a few missteps over recent years. So uh, when I was at Michael Moore, uh, Michael Moore's on 44th Street, right by 6th Avenue, and Frozen is up uh, at the St. James at 44th and just about 8th Avenue. So I was walking over towards the subway, and there's this big crowd of commotion and things like this. It's people taking selfies in front of the St. James with the Frozen marquee. Oh, that's a good sign. That's a yeah, really good I was sign. Like, I was like, wow, that's that's like, uh, you know, when you're walking through the uh, forest and all the birds stop chirping, something bad's about to happen, you know, but I was or like, good, good yeah, in this case, good it's or a bad, good thing. You know? Maybe Pete yeah. Framestorm. So, but like, I was shocked about how many people are taking selfies in front of the St. James with the frozen marquee, but uh, there it is. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting when it comes in and see if uh, if uh, tickets are as hard to get for Frozen as they are for perhaps other shows. Mm-hmm. All right. So show and casting news. What's going on? Well, we've got a little bit of a backlog of news, James, because of how weird this week has been. So I'm going to run through some things really quickly. If you want to talk about any of them, let me know. First, earlier this week, the cast was announced for the upcoming national tour of the Phantom of the Opera sequel, Love Never Dies. Gardar Thor Cortez, who has led Love Never Dies in Hamburg, will return to the role as the Phantom. Megan Perserno will play Christine Daae. Karen Mason, who will actually be an upcoming guest on a future episode of On My Way to a BFA with Natalie Noah. We'll play Madame Giri. Uh, Sean Thompson will play Raul. Mary Michael Patterson will play Meg Giri. And Casey Lyons and Jake Miller will alternate as Gustav, the son of Christine and Raul. Or is he? After a few tech performances in Utica, the tour will begin preview performances in Baltimore on October 3rd with an official opening in Detroit on October 25th. 
In other news, I mentioned the off-Broadway revival of When Pigs Fly earlier this week, and I talked about how important the costumes were to the original off-Broadway production. Well, that very next day, we learned that the show's original designer, Bob Mackie, will be returning to design the revival's costumes. According to a press release, Mackie's original designs were iconically outlandish and are known for being, quote, equal parts glamour and whimsy and have been worn by Liza Minnelli, Whitney Houston, Cher, and many more icons. I don't know what he brings to this production, but I almost just want to read the reviews for the comments about the costume design now. Um, And then finally, James, this is kind of uh, show-related, but this week marks the beginning of the annual weird two-week Broadway week, which I don't think of a better name, the time issues. Anyway, um, you can get two-for-one tickets by going to nycgo.com slash broadwayweek. The tickets are on sale now. Broadway week will be September 4th through the 17th, and they get an opportunity to buy two-for-one tickets to 23 top Broadway shows, um, everything from 1984 to a Bronx Tale to a a Doll's House Part 2, Groundhog Day, Hello Dolly, Kinky Boots, and everything. There's a huge amount of shows. There's different discounts depending on what um, you know, kind of discounts you want to get. So definitely check the website for that. But that's always a great way to see shows during the time of year when the tourists start to leave and they're trying to get some extra bucks into the box office. Well, if Broadway week is two for one, then you get two weeks for the price of one. Oh, good point. I hadn't thought about that. Well done, James. Whew, my work here is done. All right. Uh, TV and movie news. Okay, we've got a couple things here. First, yesterday, The Wrap reported that a new movie musical version of Sunset Boulevard is eyeing a January 2018 start from Paramount Studios. Not only that, but... Tony winner Glenn Close, who obviously just finished her return run in the show on Broadway, is in, quote, advanced talks to reprise the role of Norma Desmond on the big screen. Uh, James, this is something that, you know, has long been a desire for Andrew Lloyd Webber to get up on the big screen. So it's good that it's finally happening and he's getting a win in his column after all those years of such terrible success. Uh, Anyway, as we reported last year, writer Christopher Hampton is writing the script for the big screen adaptation. The current rumor is that Paramount has approached TV auteur Ryan Murphy to direct the project. So that should be pretty interesting. Going from the big screen to the small, yesterday PBS announced that the Tony Award winning play Indecent will be coming to great performances on Friday, November 17th at 9 p.m. on your local PBS station. Of course, check your local listings. The broadcast will replace the previously announced Harold Prince performance documentary Prince of Broadway, which as we've learned, is not the same thing as the new review currently on Broadway of the same name. That special will now air in 2018. Uh, As we already know, Indecent will join Broadway HD's library in January. Also earlier this week, James Variety reported that Beautiful's current Cynthia Weil and former mythic bitch Heather Chandler, actress Jessica Keenan-Wynn, has joined the cast of the upcoming Mamma Mia! Here We Go Again. She will be playing the younger version of Christine Baranski's character, Tanya. She joins Downton Abbey star Lily James, who plays the younger Meryl Streep, who will also be returning, as will Colin Firth, Amanda Seyfried, Baranski, Dominic Cooper, and many, many of the more of the original stars. And finally, James, I have haven't had a chance to watch this because, as I said, we're recording on Friday morning and this just popped up while we were uh, kind of prepping. But apparently James Corden did a new sidewalk musical last night on his show. And to stick with the Hamilton theme, he kept uh, or he had Lin-Manuel Miranda join him for a crosswalk version of Hair. 
I don't know if there was any nudity included. I, I would guess that there would have to be some sort of allusion to that. Like I said, it, it happened overnight while I was sleeping and we're recording early in the morning, so I have not watched it yet, but I will watch it as soon as we get off and it will be in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. I bet Corden just invited him on just to see if he can get some tickets. <laughs> I have a feeling that Corden could probably get tickets to just about anything he wanted <laughs> if he asked. <laughs> and, you know, I'm very concerned, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Andrew Lloyd Webber should get together and, and commiserate, commiserate over their financial failures in uh, in large musicals. Yeah, well, I do know that they when Lynn was shooting the Mary Poppins sequel in London, he went over to Andrew Lloyd Webber's new theater, The Other Palace, which is kind of being used mm-hmm. as a developmental thing um, over in London where they were doing stuff. Speaking of mythic bitch Heather Chandler, where Lawrence O'Keefe was doing kind of a workshop for Heather's. Uh, so they were all together commiserating about how much money they had. But speaking of which, I, James Corden is – I know he doesn't have time because he's got a TV show, but can you imagine James Corden as King George? <sighs> That's got to happen. Just uh, maybe for an Actress Fund benefit or something like that oh, out, yeah. in L- out in L.A., you know? That would be nice. That would be nice. Oh, well, anyway. Get on that for me. Okay. All right. Our friend Matt Winman, he goes back to camp and shares his, uh, his story with the uh, good folks at Broadway World. Yeah, um, Matt Winman, who's normally the theater critic at AM New York, we talk about him all the time. He's a friend of the show and an author. He wrote a friend of the show, friend of the pod. Um, He um, uh, he wrote a really nice long look back at the history of of French Woods, which is a as many people know, is a theater summer camp he attended from 1998 to 2002. Um, and he kind of looked back at his experience there and what that theater camp means. It's a really nice thing. It's got some pictures of his time at French Woods, as well as some of the more recent productions. Uh, it's a really nice read. And, and for those of you who went to theater summer camps, um, probably has a lot of uh, tangent points that apply to your experiences as well. But it's a really cool read, um, kind of gives you the not scandalous version of the movie camp, which uh, is, is, is obviously a classic for all of us theater folks. <laughs> all right. So that's an excellent way to wrap up the week. Why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway radio. And you can find me on Twitter at BWW Matt and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher or Google play. And my name is James Marino from broadwayradio.com and broadwaystars.com. It's Friday, so enjoy the weekend. We'll be back on Sunday for This Week on Broadway with Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia. And on Monday morning, Matt and I will be back in your ears telling you about what happened over the weekend. Bye-bye. One last, th- one last thing before we go, James. I should have mentioned I'm, uh, Jessica Vosk reached her Kickstarter goal last night in just 72 hours of making $30,000 to fund her album. So congratulations. If people still want to contribute, they can. All of that money will go to extra tracks and or music videos. So go, Jessica. Jessica.